course, this time of the year, our focus is very much, and should be rightly, all year round, on Jesus. And we're doing a series called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. But this has been God's plan right from the beginning. It was always God's plan to be with us. God wants a family of people. It took off in the start with Adam and Eve. Of course, that didn't go too well, and they got kicked out of the garden. But God knew our failures. You know, God knows your failures, but He still loves you despite your failures. Sometimes we feel God has given up on us because we would give up on us. But God is so much higher, so much greater than us. No matter what you're going through, whatever situation, God is there for you. God loves you. God cares for you. And this is the great message in this time of the year is Emmanuel, God with us. For he had a plan from the beginning. He knew what we would be like. We always stumble and fall. But God, despite that, had another plan for us. And God is good at showing his plan to his people so we're not like unaware, we're not, uh, unaware of what's going on, that we're wise to what's going on. And right through the scriptures, we see many, many instances of that. You know, uh, last week I spoke on uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where God gives a promise, a promise of the Messiah to come. Now, that was some 700 years before the event actually took place. See, God's into giving you plenty of warning. <laughs> and because uh, sometimes we're a bit slow to catch up with things. And 700 years uh, was certainly like that. And, you know, so we, we see lots of scriptures, which I'm just going to go into in a sec. But we, we see lots of God preparing us, showing us what he's about to do. So there's no doubts. You know, uh, people say, oh, when, when you pray, coincidences happen. I want to tell you, when we pray, God happens. It's not a coincidence. So that's why I'm sure God writes things down in his prophetic book beforehand so you can prove that it is God that is doing it. It's not a coincidence. But there is a reality in all that. Because God spoke in Isaiah 7.14, Emmanuel. It's the first mention of Emmanuel, God with us. And then we see various other events happening through the Old Testament. And then there's a suddenly a period between the Old Testament and the New Testament where it all went quiet. We've got no recording of anything happening. The 400 years of silence, as they say. There, it's sort of like nothing happened, but everything was happening. It's like the way was being prepared for Jesus. John the Baptist was getting ready for his entrance on the scene. There was a preparing for the way of Jesus. So we're going to look, first of all, the passage of jumping after that 400 years. We pick up in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. Let's just set the scene here. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 uh, through to verse 23. It says in Matthew 1, 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was this way, for his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, her husband-to-be, being just and not willing to make her a public example, he purposed to put her away secretly. And as he thought upon these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take to you Mary as your wife, for that, is her generated, for that in her is generated by the Holy Spirit. 
And she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this happens so that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive in her womb and will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. God, that all these years ago you spoke what was going to happen, that you were going to appear, that you were going to be with us, and you will be with us forever as we put our trust in you. And Father, today as we look at your words, we look into it, I pray, God, you'll reveal yourself to us in a greater capacity, a greater way, that we'd really understand what that means, God with us. Father, I thank you that you are with us today. I thank you that you are always with us. I thank you you never leave us nor forsake us. So this morning, God, we give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we're looking forward to what you will say through your verses in here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So here we go. So the Old Testament was very much a warning, warnings and also prediction, not prediction, but telling you what was going to take place. God gives us plenty of warning, as I said. And so we see the first use, as I said earlier, in Isaiah 7.14. Reveals Emmanuel, God with us. And we see the fulfillment of that in Matthew, which I just read. But God was full of warnings and God wants to make sure that people were clear. You don't see this in any other uh, scriptures of other beliefs and faiths and whatever. But God was very clear. I was just reading some uh, interesting facts here. Uh, Mathematician Peter Stoner said the Bible's full of Messianic prophecies. Uh, and he said it was just incredible to see these fulfilled to the degree they were. He concluded that uh, the chance of a single man fulfilling just 48 of these key prophecies found in the Old Testament would be one in, get rid, do you know what the chances of him fulfilling 48 of these prophecies, just one man fulfilling it? Is actually, he, he's a mathematician, so he, he's done the maths, and he said it would be um, 10 followed by 157 zeros. That's, that's not chance, right? You can't say that's chance. Yeah, it's like that, that was planned, that that's how it was. 10 followed by 157 zeros just for one man to follow or fulfill 48 of the prophecies. Jesus filled not just, only for, not just the 48 specific prophecies, he fulfilled more than 324 individual prophecies that related to the Messiah. We can see it right through. There's a whole list of God here. I'll just run through some of them just so you're clear. God, God is God. Only God can make these things happen. And uh, it was no coincidence. Uh, the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. We see that in Micah 5.2, fulfilled in Matthew 2.1.7. Messiah is to be preceded by a messenger. We see that in Isaiah 43 and Malachi 3.1. Prepare the way, John the Baptist. Messiah is to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. See Zechariah 9.9, fulfilled in Luke 35.37. Messiah is to be betrayed by a friend. See Psalms 41, verse 9, 55.12-14, fulfilled in Matthew 10.4, and a few other verses there. Uh, Messiah is to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. We see that in Zechariah 11.12, and fulfilled in Matthew 26.15. The money for which the Messiah is sold is to be thrown to the potter in God's house. See Zechariah 11.13. Messiah is to be born by a virgin, as we've just said in Isaiah 7.14, Matthew 
118 and various other places there. Messiah is also to be hated without cause. We see that in Isaiah. Messiah is to be silent before his accusers. Messiah goes on and on and on and on. There is no way that can happen by chance or like, oh, what a coincidence. All these things happened to the Messiah that was to come because these people were waiting for Messiah. There was those that read the Word of God, the Scriptures. Remember, they didn't have the New Testament back then. They were relying on the Old Testament. So we, we, we kind of got a bit more idea because we have the New Testament. But they were looking at the Old Testament and they could read that a coming Messiah was to be. There was somebody and they were waiting with expectation, not knowing. And, and reading, if you were reading Isaiah at the time of that just being written, you would never see that fulfillment because it was 700 years later. So there was an expectation, somewhat of an expectation that we have right now, because as they wait for the Messiah to come the first time, we are waiting for his second coming. And it's the same sort of thing. And once again, the, the word tells us, the word tells us that plenty, in plenty of spots that Jesus is going to return. And if we have the evidence, which we do, of the Old Testament proclaiming Jesus, how he'd be born, where he'd be born, and all those other things, all those 300-odd prophecies, and they came and they were fulfilled 100%, we can have confidence in him coming back again in the word of the day. So we need to be excited. So when we come this time with God with us, we know he has not left us. He's coming back for us. He is with us in spirit, by his Holy Spirit. And that should be exciting to you. That should be an exciting thing that God, through the turmoil that we may go through in this world, God has not left you. He has not left you. Because I know some people feel that way. Sometimes it's just when it gets tough, when it gets hard. God, where are you? Where are you? I'm telling you, God has never moved. We may go through tough situations. Remember, we're in a fallen world. We're in a fallen world, so we've got to expect things not to be perfect. We're not in heaven yet. When we get to heaven, it's a different deal. But here on earth, you're going to go through some rocky road. You know, you're going to go, not the, yeah, you know, through. <laughs> some of you might get through some of that too. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's God's promise to us. So all those years ago, he made a promise that his son would come visit us. Now, unfortunately, some Jewish people have not quite clicked. They're still waiting for Jesus to turn up the first time. They have not recognized the Messiah. But the great thing is there's been other rabbis that have studied deeper into the Scriptures and realized it's Jesus. It's Jesus. There's rabbis coming out going, he's here. Jesus did arrive. We missed it. And yet there's still people still waiting for him. God made it pretty clear to those that studied the word of his promise of Messiah. And he makes it clear to us today of his promise, God with us. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So if you're saying, I don't know where God is today, you need to seek with all your heart and you will find it. Once again, it's a promise of God. When we read the Word of God, we've got to understand it's a promise of God. So we, we believe that. You know, it's not like, oh, I don't know if God really meant that. See, God really, you know. Some of us are like that. We're doubtful with God. We kind of pick and choose scriptures. You notice that? Some people pick it. Oh, I like that one, but don't like that one. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Oh, I can live with that one, but that one, oh, no, no, no. I don't think God really meant that. I think that was just a typo error. But this is how we have this mentality in our head. Rather than going, God wrote it. I read it. I believe it. That settles it. 
You know, we need to be in that position today to believe his word, and that's the reality. That is reality. Everything else we're seeing right now is not real. It's not the reality of God uh, in our world right now. It's, it's a sinful world. We need to see what God has purposed for us. We need to see what the world is according to God, not what the world's trying to tell us. You know, uh, when you seek him with all your heart, you shall find him. Now, each one of you here today that have given your life to Jesus would have had some sort of journey, I guess. Some of you may have been brought up in a home uh, that was a Christian home. Um, and some of you found Jesus on the way, and some of you may still be just on that journey of finding Jesus. I know for myself, I was seeking I was seeking who God was. I had an understanding, you know. As a kid, we we're always taught there's a God, right, you know, and to pray, but, but had no rela- I had no relationship with him. I didn't realize. I was just, God's up there, and I'm down here, and there's this big separation. There was no understanding that God is with us. There was no understa- understanding that he even cared about me. It was just that he was there when I'm in times of trouble. I can call out to him. And that's what most people of the world would do. They only turn to Jesus. They only turn to God when they have a need. Like when things are bad and they cannot fix it, they go, oh, can you pray for me? And, uh, or I need to pray. God, if you're out there, I'm telling you, God is out there. God is very real and God will answer your prayers. And I've heard some incredible stories over the years of God doing that. And he will continue to do that. For me, I was on a journey and at age 21, I've, I've, like my life was just going out to nightclubs and things and uh, hanging out, doing that kind of stuff. And I just go, there's got to be more. This, this is just not real. This is just, this is not life. There's no life in this. I want to know what is real. So I was on a journey of seeking. And I'm telling you, when you start that journey, wherever that is, God will come. God will come and find you on that journey somewhere. It may not be the same for everyone. For me, it was like starting questioning things. I always question things. Why? Why? <laughs> Why is it so? <laughs> and, um, and as I started questioning, I started thinking of more questions. You know, you do that, you question one thing, you go, oh, yeah, that brings me to another question and uh, another question. And I got to a place where I'm going, perhaps there really is a God. I'm not sure. I kind of have been told there's a God, and it kind of makes sense to me because how can all this uh, world come into being just by nothing? Nothing doesn't bring anything. You have to have something to bring something. And, uh, and, and so I remember at the time my sister had started going to church. She, she met the pastor's wife at the bus stop every morning, and she invited her to church. And so she went along, and uh, finally I got invited, and I go, I don't know about this thing, but I'll go check it out, see what they're like. <laughs> I thought Christians were all nerds. And, uh, you know, but now I'm one, I'm, there's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a journey I was on, and as I started seeking, weird things happened. I remember just sitting in the lounge one time, just pondering. You know what you do? You know, men can go in their spaces yeah, that women don't understand. <laughs> women will go to a man and go, so what are you thinking? Oh, nothing. What do you mean nothing? How do you not think of nothing? You know, it's like, well, we do. We just go in this, this zone, the twilight zone. do 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 and, and, and we just like vague out, but then we're thinking really deeply. But you want to know, I find women want to know what we're thinking. And this guy's not like that. We don't like to reveal much. And, <laughs> and, and I was just there and I was just thinking about God, you know, is there really a God? And I remember swinging my arm on the, 
touching the floor as I'm just thinking about it, and I touch something. I'm like, what's that? I look down, and there's a magazine, and on the front cover is a Christian magazine, and it says, is there really a God? And I go, hang on, I was just thinking that. I'll better have a look at this. And um, so I did, and that's, oh, this is kind of interesting. Where did this magazine come from? Obviously, my sister must have put it there. I don't know if she was setting me up or it was just set up. Who knows? But as I went further in that journey and started to understand that there is a reality in God, God is with us. I remember going to, I needed to brush my hair and I couldn't find my brush, so I thought my sister would have one. So I remember going into her room and as I'm there, you know what, well, she wasn't there because she wouldn't let me in a room otherwise. Uh, I just brush my hair. You suddenly have these thoughts and go, you know, uh, God is real. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah, God, I think God is really real. God is there for me. And as I'm doing that, I put down the brush on another magazine. And, and it says, yes, God is real. <laughs> I go, what? okay, what's, who's doing that? Candy camera, where are you? And it, was, it was like one of those moments. But I think in your journey, God will find you wherever you are if you are seeking Him. And I was seeking Him, and I found Him. And it changed my world. It changed who I am. It changed everything about how I think. But God is like that. He will come in and meet you where you are. God is good and God will always be there for you. God always fulfills his purposes. You know, God doesn't just write a whole lot of good things like, hey, you know, because in the world today, we have a lot of people that will let us down. A lot of people say, yeah, I'll be there on Friday. I'll catch up with you. And they don't turn up. God doesn't do that. God, everything he writes in his book, he fulfills. Everything, not just, he doesn't miss one bit. He doesn't miss one, he's, he's very detailed. He, you know, he, he, he's the ultimate administrator. He's great at, at admin. He misses nothing. And, uh, and he, he fulfills everything he says. And like I said, this fulfillment of this prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 was 700 years before, beforehand. He made a promise, it came to be 700 years later exactly how he said to he doesn't sort of just suddenly change things like oh yeah and I wrote that but perhaps I should do it a little bit different I'll just stir them up no he doesn't do that he gives us plenty of warning he gives us clear instructions he tells us how it is you see if God wasn't with us can you imagine what it would be like if we had no God with us you know, we sing Emmanuel, God with us. And a lot of the people at Carol's events that come along that aren't uh, Christians, they, they don't even know what that means, really. They sing it and they don't even know what they're singing. You know, they'll sing God with us, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and, and they have no clue of what they've just spoken. But if there is no Emmanuel, if there is no God with us, we're left to our own devices. And if we're left to our own devices, we know that doesn't end good, doesn't it? We're very destructive people. We, 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 uh, we don't ever do the right thing. We, we always go astray. That's why the world is such a mess now. You think about the world now, how messy it is because people turn their back on God. They have no time for God. They don't want to trust Him. They don't know He's even there in some cases. As it says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is desperately wicked. We need God. We need God. It's not like, oh, he's an optional thing. We need him because our heart is deceitful above all things, as it says in Jeremiah. But it says, who can know it? Well, Jeremiah 17, 10 follows on and says, I, Jehovah, search the heart. God knows your heart. 
He said, I try the reins even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. But glory to God, despite our imperfections and our failures, He still desires to be with us. I can't get that. Because you know what we're like as people, right? You know, somebody ticks us off. Well, I don't want to see them anymore. I've just had enough of them. It's like uh, no more Ian with us. <laughs> it's like, uh, but God, and glory to God that he, he, he goes, all right, yeah, you messed up. That's okay. Let's get back online. Let's get, let's get in there. You know, we can keep going back to God. And God wants that. He, he so desperately wants you because there's something special about us that he likes. We don't quite get that. So special that in his plan, he came down from heaven. He came left he did, you know, this is the thing. Jesus didn't have to leave for his benefit. He came for our benefit. He came down from heaven in a form of man to teach us how to live and to restore us into a right relationship with God. That was why he came, to save the world. John, uh, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. That word tabernacled comes from a, a Greek, sorry, yeah, Greek word called uh, skenuo. I think it's how you say it. If you're Greek, just go with it. <laughs> means to tent or encamp. It means, you know, God with us. So it's like, get the picture of tenting. When you're in a tent, you're in closeness to the person in the tent with you. And that's what's communicated here. God is with us. He's not just, he's not over there. He's actually with us. He's in us if you've received Jesus. He's with you. He encamps himself with us. That's what it means tabernacle. That's a big word, tabernacle. It means a tent, tent, a picture of a tent, being in a tent with us. God wrote from the beginning of time, planned this visit to us. So it wasn't an accident, go, oh, what have they done? You know, that's, that's why I'd be like in heaven looking down, the angels go, can you, can you believe what just Adam and Eve just did then? You know, what is going on here, man? What, like, you know, leave them for five minutes, you know. I was in the garden earlier walking, leave them for five minutes and look at what they do. You know, <laughs> that's how I, I would be thinking. I, I'd be going, oh, just give up on these guys, you know. And uh, I think that's our humanness, but there's something different about God that he looks at us and he sees potential. He sees something in us that he loves. And that's the great thing about God. So, he, of course, in his plan, he goes, all right, all right, they've messed it up, angels. We've got to do something here. What are we going to do? Let's, let's, we're going to have to do a rescue plan. He had a rescue plan for us because the only one that can rescue him from their sins is Jesus. I'm going to have to send my son into this. They've made too big a mess. I'm going to have to clean up and get my son down there to sort it out. And this is what we see in these verses. Jesus was, came down on a mission to save his people. And uh, it says in John 1.12, we have to receive him. See, Jesus came down, but many didn't receive him. Many didn't want to know about him. So 1 John 12 says, but as many as received him, he gave them the authority to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. So God has given you a right, so there's no need to hide. There's no need not to come forward. He's given you a right because some people feel I'm not worthy. None of us are worthy. It's only through Jesus that we get there. It's only through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he came, he thought enough of you to come down to earth on a mission to save you. And this is what we find in the scripture. And as we go, he came on this mission to save us for a reason, 
for this mission was to save us from our sins. If he didn't come on this mission, I think we'd all be probably much dead by now. <laughs> I think so. We would have killed each other, blown each other up, you know, nuclear bombs and all sorts of stuff. And, and, and you know, and it like heads that way. When you take God out of the picture, you've only got to see a country without God and you'll see it's a mess. And, and that's what we've seen even with our own country that was based on God. We've seen a fallen away and we see a fall away of God's blessing. We see a fall away of everything. America, look at America. It was like, God bless America. You know, as every on God bless America. And suddenly we've seen a fallen away in America because people have turned their back on God. But the great news is God is inviting us all to come back to Him. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. You know, uh, Matthew one twenty one says this, and he, sh uh, sorry, and she, not he, <laughs> and she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Only Jesus can fulfill this. Only Jesus fulfills this prophecy. There is nobody else that can save you from your sins. No good works. Some people think, oh, if I just do good works all my life and go along, God will be pleased with that. I'll get into heaven. How many times have I heard people say that? Oh, you know, if I just do the right thing, I'm sure God will give me a ticket into heaven. They've got the wrong understanding. Some people will go to other religious faiths of such. They believe that Krishna may save them. No, no, Krishna can't save you. He's dead. Uh, Buddha can't save you. No, he's dead. There is only one that is alive that rose from the dead, and his name is Jesus, for he is God with us. He is the Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus means one who saves. He is salvation, coming from the word uh, Yeshua, from the, the Hebrew. He is the one that saves. He is the only one that can save because he is the only one that qualifies to save because he was pure without sin. Without sin, Jesus is our Savior. Because it tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you cannot do it yourself. You cannot find a way to God by yourself because we've all fallen short of what is required of God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so there's no way back for us. There's no way for us to get to heaven on our own. Years ago in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel, they thought they could get up to heaven. Like, you see what happened there. And... People still think they can do that through good works or doing things, but it's not by doing things, it's about receiving Jesus. For it tells in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For those wages of our actions, uh, there, there's consequences for our sin, and it was going to be death. But God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's what He has done for us. The gift of God is eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. For we are all sinners, and without Jesus, there is no hope. But with Jesus, there's great hope. With Jesus, there is life. There is life in abundance. We forget sometimes just how much life there is when we turn our life over to Him. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but so that they, the world might be saved through Him. The Word says there that they might be saved. Might is a conditional thing. That means you have to do something. God is not going to twist your arm into heaven. 
Like, oh, get in there, get in there. <laughs> He's not going to do that. It's like, hey, come on, angels, grab him, pull him in, drag him in. No, 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 it's not how you get into heaven. There's only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. I want you to just close your eyes this morning as we come to a close because this Christmas may be the first real Christmas you have. It may be an opportunity for you to uh, perhaps receive Jesus for the first time if you've never done that. It may be that you've fallen away. Whatever it is this morning, God's arms are open to you. His promise is there for you. Emmanuel, God with us. And if you want God with you and you've never received Him as your Lord and Saviour this morning, I want to give you this opportunity. It's one prayer away. A prayer of repentance, a prayer of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And I wonder this morning if there's anyone out there that has never given their life to Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, His arms are open to you right now. It's just saying yes to Him with every head bowed, eye closed. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'll see that and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Because the most important thing you can do is get right with Jesus. Perhaps there are some that have done that and perhaps like fallen astray a little bit, gone a bit wobbly over the years and you just want to reconfirm that today. You can also raise your hand. Perhaps you're just not sure. It doesn't matter because God is sure. God knows for sure. In this place today, Spirit of Christmas, the Spirit of God Himself, the love of God is shown through His Son, Jesus, when He said, Emmanuel, God with us. There is such a big context behind what that looks like, God with us. And I pray today that you will experience that. God with us in a whole new way daily, God with me. When you get up in the morning, say, God, I thank you that you're with me. And I'm telling you, when you focus on God in the morning, it will change your day because it will look different because you know you're not walking alone. You know you're not walking through your struggles alone, walking through indecisions alone, but you have God with you through the day. Father, I just pray right now for everybody here that they will have that encounter with you daily, not just once a week on a Sunday, but daily engage with you because you want to engage with us daily. God with us. Father, we thank you this day and we thank you for the celebrations tonight that we're going to have because of what you've done for us. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in this house today. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.